I've entitled this message today, A Life Pleasing to God. How many want to please God? Anybody? Amen? I think that's all of our hearts. I think if any of you have had kids, I think uh, I can think back to even when I was a little kid, too. All I wanted to do was make my mom and dad happy. That's, that's all. That's instilled in us for a reason, you know. I think God put that deep desire inside of us. And so, yeah, until you're a teenager, then God's got to whip you into shape a little bit. I know I was there, too, so somehow he got a hold of me and did that, so. Um, and now we're here today talking about life pleasing to God. So it comes around full circle. <laughs> um, all right. So the question I want to that we're going to answer is how do you live a life pleasing to God? <laughs> so when I was looking at this and uh, we'll be looking at the life of Stephen. If, and if you know or have heard of Stephen, he's one of the first martyrs, one of the first people that gave his life uh, for what he believed in. Um, he was a witness of, of the Holy Spirit. OK, but his life, his name means victorious crown. Now, God's people have already been, if you're a son and daughter and believe in Jesus Christ, we've already been crowned with a royal crown. But a victorious crown is something to be earned. It's, and, and, and we earn it by living a life pleasing to God. Okay, And we're going to look at that, how we live a life pleasing to God. And we're going to look at it through the life of Stephen because I know that can kind of sound like you have to do a lot of works, but it's not necessarily about that. So we'll talk about that. But as I thought about what to preach upon, I kind of questioned myself of what I was going to preach upon, to be honest. Um, uh, I thought about the life of Paul at first, and he made this statement um, in his missionary journey. He's been invested in, in, in several churches in his missionary journeys, okay? And he's coming to the end where he knows he has to suffer for Christ's sake, um, but he says this, and it's a very bold statement. He says, I'm not moved by human afflictions or imprisonment. Or in other words, I'm not afraid that if people put me in prison, I'm not moved by that. And I'm not moved by people literally beating him to almost the point of death and stoning him. And he's not moved by that. I'm like, uh, man, Paul, you, you and me are different, man. I, I, I need, I guess, the Lord's help because I'm moved by when someone can't do their job right. So... I'm a work in progress, Paul, so help me to understand here um, how you can, what you're moved by. And I'm moved by Paul's life because um, he he wants to preach the whole counsel of God. That's what I'm going to try to do here today. So we'll be here for quite some time. Jill mentioned yesterday we were at uh, (laughs) Terry's wedding yesterday, Terry and Jacob. She mentioned, am I going to need to bring sandwiches or granola bars and Denise has a, a granola bar actually right now too, so it might be a while because I don't think anybody's ever understood the counsel of God. Anybody? All of it? No? <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm going to try to do my best basically just to be faithful what he's pre- he put on my heart. All right, I'm just joking with you. just trying to break some ice here a little bit, just trying to help you laugh a little bit because it's okay to laugh. But. All right, so our author is Luke, okay? He's wrote the book of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts, okay? He's writing this to a beloved one, probably a believer. Um, and this is important because Luke, he, w- he didn't see Jesus. He was not an eyewitness account of Jesus. He's a Greek who got picked up along the way in Paul's ministry, okay? So Paul and him probably have a really good relationship. And this is important because Stephen's being written about here, and there's somebody that has told Luke and has inspired Luke and the Holy Spirit to write this, okay? Because Luke was not around when this was happening. And that's important to, uh, with my message. I'll go somewhere with that too, okay? So he's Gentile. He's not Jewish. He's Greek. And up to this po- point, the Acts, it's, 
some people call it the Acts of the Apostles. I kind of like to call it also the Acts of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's at work, and Acts doesn't have an end to, end chapter. It doesn't end because Jesus is not done with us, and he's not done with his church. The Holy Spirit is still at work in your lives and my life today, and he's helping us. If we uh, can answer this question of how do we live a life pleasing to God, the Holy Spirit's going to help us to live that because we see that in the life of Stephen, acts of the Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen. Come on, if you believe that. I believe that. Um, So the church has experienced the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders, miracles, healings, even persecution, and they dealt with some lying in the church, and then even more persecution. And so under the pressures that they've been experiencing, their church is still growing numerically. And even though churches maybe don't, aren't growing numerically, I think we kind of have the wrong idea of growth. I don't believe God is just wanting us to grow numerically. I believe he's wanting us to grow even just in our own personal walk with him in our faith. Okay, amen? So we come to this place in chapter 6, and the church is experiencing some conflict because when the church continues to grow, when there becomes more people, well, there's more things to do. So, so it's going to cause some conflict because there's old system of doing things doesn't work. And so any church you go to, there's no such thing as a perfect church. You know why? Because you and me are there. <laughs> so we're not perfect, but we're a work in progress and God loves us so much and he's, he's still faithful to fulfill what he wants to do in us. Okay. And so I want, I want to encourage you to look at conflict a little differently in your personal lives, but also within the church, because I believe we're going to grow and grow in this church, too. I believe um, we are, but we, we have to, we will have the opportunity to work through conflict and hopefully grow through it together. Some churches don't, okay? Some churches split. But I believe with the people that we have here and the believers that we have here, I believe we can use this as an opportunity to grow through this together, any conflict that we walk through, just like they they walk through. And I'll tell you what happens, okay? So in this particular conflict, some people were complaining, grumbling. Anybody ever been there? Don't raise your hand. I'll raise my hand. Um, I've complained before, okay? Um, So some of the Hellenists, the Greek-speaking Jews, uh, the widows were experiencing some neglect in the daily distribution of food, okay? And so... um, I'm going to pause right there because I didn't even read our scripture. We'll go through the scripture. Maybe that's probably a good start. Um, We'll go through that first so that way you can actually make sure I'm not making stuff up in the Bible here. So we'll we'll go back to that, and and we'll come back to where we're at. We'll get there. Don't worry. I know I kind of jumped from place to place, so. But we'll be good. All right. So chapter six, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews, uh, the Hellenists there, among them complained against the Hebraic Jews. Those are Hebrew Jews uh, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and our brothers choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith. That's important to note because we'll talk about that. And of the Holy Spirit. We'll also talk about that. Also, Philip, Prochorus, uh, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas. If I if those words, uh, you can tell me after. Um, from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, and the numbers of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. 
So you hear that there, there is a conflict going on. Okay? Now, God has put the apostles, the 12, in charge of the ministry. Okay? The ministry that they were faithful to, that James actually talks about, a pure and undefiled religion is taking care of the widows and the orphans. Okay? And, and that's what they're doing here in this instance. But the church is growing. Okay? So they probably need someone that's a manager that can work with the numbers and understand these people. Um, but they have to figure this problem out together. And so the apostles say, okay, their ministry is to preach the word and, 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 and to remain in prayer. And that takes a lot of time. I'll, I know it takes a lot of time to do that, to prepare for preaching of the word and, and in prayer um, for over whoever they're over. And I can imagine, I mean, if their church was growing, I mean, they, they have a huge responsibility. Can you imagine all the people that they were praying for? Whew, if it was continued to grow. Um, but the apostles didn't want to neglect their ministry. So they said that we can't do that just because there's not enough time and resources. And I, I, if we do say yes to doing that, they could. They had the ability physically. But then they would neglect the thing that God's called them to. Us pastors today can't do everything. I know I would like to think that I could do everything and be Superman and be super awesome, but it's, it's, my reality is I can't. God's mission, his dream for our church is way bigger than me, way bigger than any pastor. We, he, he wants the whole body unified, working together. And so the apostles say, okay, we're at fault with this. That's our problem. But uh, let's figure it out. He tells the church, hey, let's pick some people. But um, their input is, we're going to have some requirements, though, for these people. Okay, These people already have to be serving. They have to have a good reputation. Okay, They have to be respectable. They uh, um, have to be faithful. Um, but not only that, they have to be full of the Holy Spirit and, um, and of wisdom as well. And this wisdom is not human wisdom. Okay, That's wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. Okay, And so... With, like I said, without the whole body operating in what God has called them to, the church will experience some form of neglect. And we can't, like today, if, if at any church, I'm not saying our, this happens in our church, I'm saying any church, um, if the pastors try to attempt to do everything, we will fail in God's mission. We can only do what God's called us to do. And the important thing is God's graced us all with gifts and talents to be able to serve the church. And But it's going to take someone willing. Um, it's going to take us looking at this, not as conflict, but an opportunity to grow through this, okay? So you'll notice they pick seven men, and they're all Hellenists, okay, Greek-speaking Jews. In particular, Stephen. Did you notice what they said about Stephen? Well, he's the first one mentioned that Luke records, and Luke probably gets this probably from Paul, which is also important. I'm going somewhere with that eventually. I'm just going to build up some anticipation of where you think I'm going with that. I mean, you can, your imagination is free to wander what you think, but it's going to be super awesome. But uh, so um, he's the first one mentioned, but he also is mentioned, the other ones aren't mentioned uh, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's not to say that they didn't have faith or they weren't full of the Holy Spirit either, but in this particular passage that those things are mentioned, okay? And so in my first point here is Stephen, he has a willingness, an open, I'm available. He's already, and he's not just waiting. He's not just like, hmm, I'm just going to wait till God does something, and then I'll just go and serve in the church. No, he's already has a good reputation. My first point is if we want to live a life pleasing to God, we have to be available and serving and faithful 
you might not know exactly where your passion or, or where your calling is, but the idea is, are you available? Do you have a servant's heart? This, that's my first point, is are you available? Do you have a servant's heart? And in our lifetime, I mean, all of us are busy, you know. It's easy to get busy, mix up our priorities, and even forget God's calling for our lives. But if we want to live a life pleasing to God, we have to look at the life of Stephen and how he didn't really consider himself anything. He, I mean, he was nobody before this. Nobody knew him. Nobody knew what he was doing, but God did. God saw his availability. God saw his faithfulness. God saw that he was a man of good reputation and respectable character. Okay, and um, he had a servant's heart. No matter what it was or whatever the conflict was, um, he was willing to be faithful wherever God placed him. Okay, and so he also probably had some skills in managing. He acquired those probably from his previous experiences. So the season that you're in right now, if I can just preach to you for a little bit and just encourage you, don't think that it's for no reason. Wherever you work or wherever you're at, God will use it. God will, if if you're willing and have a servant's heart, he will use that for each season of your life. For the next season, as you transition, he will use that um, to connect you to the next season of your life, okay? And we see that in the life of Stephen, Stephen gets promoted by God. He gets promoted by the seven, but promotion truly comes from the Lord, okay? So he had the requirements, but here's the deal. He didn't necessarily have those requirements beforehand. Uh, He just was a willing heart. He probably wasn't even qualified up to this point. But see, God doesn't call the qualified. He uses our qualifications. He uses the things that we, those are all good. But maybe we don't feel qualified in some of our areas. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but I think this is a good point here. Um, You don't need to be qualified to do what God's called you to do. He will qualify you. He's just looking for someone who's available, someone who's teachable, someone who's willing, somebody who has a servant's heart. Amen? And so Stephen, he waited on tables, but he did it with excellence. He managed the distribution. And then because of that, there was no problem in there at the church anymore. Do you know what the Bible says? The word of God continued, and it increased, and it multiplied, and people kept coming to the faith. And there was about 18,000 priests at this time, and a huge abundance of priests came to the faith and believed in Jesus because one man said, I'm going to live a life pleasing to God. I'm going to have a servant's heart and just be available, even if people are looking or not looking. It's not about that. I'm going to live a life pleasing to God, and then when an opportunity presents itself, I'm just going to do the same thing I did before. I'm just going to be available, and I'm just going to try to do my best and be excellent with it. And because he was excellent with that, the church continued to grow. And I believe that's what will happen in our church. That's what will happen today if one person, just one, that's crazy, just one. That's all it takes. Can you imagine all of us if we agreed to that? Can you imagine the impact that it would have? So how do we apply this? How do we apply having a servant's heart? Before I get to that, Jesus gives us an illustration. So he came, and the Bible says he didn't come to be served. Excuse me? God, you deserve all of our worship, all of our praise, everything that we can ever give to you. But you're saying you count yourself as nothing, according to Paul in Philippians, counted himself as nothing, but came in the form of servant and served. He said, I came to serve and not to be served. And so he comes to his disciples, even the, man, wherever they walked, man, I can't imagine what their feet look like or what their nails look like. Just a side note, I have a broken toenail. Uh, it's been dead for a while. It's kind of gross. So I wouldn't want Jesus to touch my toenail. Just uh, miss me being a little vulnerable there. <laughs> but uh, that's why I don't wear sandals a lot. So, um, My wife still loves me, so we're good. 
Um, Jesus got on his knees and cleaned their feet. He, he, it didn't matter the job. It didn't matter what it was. He had a willing heart, and just like him and Stephen. The, the question is, how can I serve? That's the question we need to be answering. If we want to live a life pleasing to God and have a servant's heart, how can I serve? We're looking for opportunities to serve. So where is there a need in our church? I'll tell you. Uh, we have people who have been here faithfully, um, but there's people that probably need a break, you know, people that maybe want to sit in service. And I'm not trying to sound like we're complaining here. I'm just saying if we want to implement a servant's heart and do what God's called us to do and please him, where is there a need in our church? That's the thing that we can answer. And I'll, let, me, let me help you out here because I know. <laughs> uh, and I know all churches have all their needs too. Uh, soundboard, computer, children's church, preschool, nursery, kitchen, coffee, cleanup, security, greeting, discovered clubs, teachers, youth leaders, follow-up, helping out in, in events that we do, planning for events, decorations, decor. Man, the list goes on. I'm not trying to bore you. You have gifts, you have talents that God wants to use. But it's also your responsibility to choose if your heart is willing and open to be a servant's heart. Amen? Maybe you don't know what place. You're like, I don't know what I want to do. Uh, well, maybe you can come to one of us, myself or Pastor Brent. Uh, well, these are my gifts. These are my callings and purposes. How can I use them? And we'll get you plugged in somewhere. And if that doesn't fit there, okay, we'll move you somewhere else or Maybe something else that you enjoy doing. We'll find it. We'll figure it out. But the point is, if we want to have a servant's heart, we can't just be like, okay, I'm ready, God. No, we have to be moving. We have to be doing something. We have to be faithful. Amen? That's what we, how we, what we see in the life of Stephen, okay? Now i got to figure out where I'm at. <laughs> All right, we're, we're here. Let's pick up in the word of God here in verse um, 8. Let's, what happens, let's see what happens to Stephen here. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as provinces of Cilicia and Asia. These men began to argue with, with Stephen, but they could not withstand against his wisdom or the spirit by whom he spoke. They th- then they secretly persuaded some men to say, we have heard Stephen speak words of blasphemy against Moses and God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen. They took him suddenly and brought him before the Sanhedrin. Uh, they produced false witnesses who testified this follow- fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the custom Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like of an angel. Interesting. Let's look at that a little bit here. So Stephen, he has a servant's heart. He's available, even in this moment, okay? But something also important to note here is, up to this point, the apostles are the only ones that are walking in the power of God and the signs and the wonders and the miracles. But this little waiter boy, who was a nobody before until this passage, he, he doesn't even know he's in the Bible, by the way. We're gonna, we're, I'm going to get to that point. It's crazy. It's crazy. He, he doesn't count himself as anything. He's literally walking like Jesus, living like Jesus. Okay, he's, my next point is he's full of faith. Okay? How can I say that? Well, only the apostles were doing signs and wonders. 
But somehow he's heard that, just like what Jesus promised, that, hey, you're going to be a witness when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you're going to be a witness of God's power in, in Judea and Samaria and, to the, and Jerusalem and to the ends of the earth. Somehow, him, Philip, and eventually Paul will walk in this power. In this point, Stephen is the first man, apart from the apostles, the 12, who walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus to do signs and wonders. That's pretty awesome. Now, I can't just stop there, okay, church? Because even Judas did signs and wonders. Can't just stop there, okay? Faith, being full of faith is a progression. It's it's a... through every season, God builds your faith. He, he continues to build that, okay? It's not like, oh, I'm full of faith. As soon as I believe in Jesus, I'm perfect, and everybody else is screwed up. <laughs> That's not how it works. I probably thought that way when I first came to the Lord and probably had that kind of an attitude, but um, oh, he knocked me off my donkey. So um, <laughs> that is not how it works. Um, and so they pick Stephen. They laid hands on him. And he's walking in signs and wonders. He's preaching. But he's not just walking in signs and wonders because now he's getting in arguments. Okay? And it's not because he's trying to pick these arguments. It's because of what he believes in. Okay? And these experts, experts of the law, who know God's Torah, his word, probably better than him. That's why I said God doesn't always use or he doesn't always call the qualified. Stephen, in comparison to the experts of the law, and let me give you a hint of who's an expert actually arguing with him. You'll notice Cilicia. There's a place called Tarsus in Cilicia. There's a man called Paul in Cilicia, from Cilicia, who also writes in, the, in, the, in, in his letters, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. I, I, if I had to boast, I could boast, but I count not myself nothing. He followed the law. He, he was an expert. He was driven. He probably had a PhD. He had his master's, his bachelor's. Man, he had it all. He was a brilliant man. But somehow, he couldn't withstand the wisdom that Stephen was talking. Stephen was full of faith. Full of faith that when, when Stephen was put in a situation, he must have heard this, that Jesus said, hey, when you get dragged into the synagogues, don't be afraid of what to say because the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and he's going to give you the words to say. Man, this man is living this faith out. Full, the fullness of faith is, is more so being controlled, not like a puppet. God don't grab us like a puppet and he's not like doing like, Andy, do this, do that. Okay, it's more so the idea of being led, led by the Holy Spirit, full of, uh, led by the faith of what we believe. And he believes in Jesus. That's what he's, belie- that's what he's walking in, the power that he's walking in, because there's power in Jesus' name. And not only that, but that's what he's preaching, and that's what they're disagreeing with, because there's, I mean, look at it. They didn't know what to say, and I don't think I could have argued Paul, because he probably knows the Bible better than I do. Um, um, but they couldn't come up with another answer. What did they have to do? Lied. They had a lie. Does that sound like they're following the Holy Spirit? No, it's me. Because my, my faith walk is, if, if, if I lied, and I've, been, I, I, I've done that before in my past, the Holy Spirit actually comes and says, uh, that's not the truth, Andy. And, and so what I'm saying here is they weren't following the Holy Spirit, but Stephen was, okay? And so they, they, brought, they brought him before them. He was full of faith but he was also full of the Holy Spirit. How do I know? Those are the two points I'm kind of hitting on here. They're kind of blend together a little bit. Um, 
Those are the two things that we live a life. Uh, how do we live a life pleasing to God? And we're gonna have to stop and just praise God right now. If I guess we need a praise, a praise, praise God, praise moment. Um, but I, I want you to picture faith as this: faith is a connection between the work of the Holy Spirit and the power at work in our new nature. Faith is like this: it's like a wire. Okay, you know what a wire looks like. So in that wire, it conducts a current called grace that flows from the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that the new nature receives power. Okay, what am I saying? So f- if we want to have faith, we got to stay connected to the power. That's where the, but the current of grace flows through that, okay? So we need the wire, but at the end of the wire, you need to plug in, okay? You need to plug into Jesus. You need to be full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, led by faith and led by the Holy Spirit. And we see that happening in Stephen's life here, okay? Jesus puts it like this, apart from me, you can't do anything. You don't abide, you don't remain, you don't stay plugged in like the outlet that you plug in. If you don't keep plugging in every single day, I'm going to be led by, oh, not fear what the media and everything else is telling me. I'm going to be led by faith and, and Holy Spirit. Come on, that's what we're being bombarded with. There's so much bad news that people are talking about, but we need to start talking about the good news because there's more good news. And there's, the, there's good news in our word that has the power to change and transform us if we can just plug ourselves in, stay connected to faith, even if you just have the little amount of faith. Like I told you this week, man, I was wrestling with my faith. But God's faithful. So how do you apply? How do you have this faith that you're talking about, Andy? Well, the first step is trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We see that's pretty evident in, in Stephen's life. But not only that, stay connected to your own personal relationship with Jesus. Make your mind up today. This is what my leaders told me. Make your mind up that even if God answers your next prayer, or if he doesn't, make your mind up today if you're going to follow him. Oh, I'm in. I'll tackle it. And then I go hit, get hit, knocked. Man, am I still in? Yeah, I'm still in. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me. Stay connected to your personal relationship through prayer and the reading of God's word. That's the, the other way you can apply it. But not only this, this is what Stephen did. Stay connected to a community of believers. That's what Stephen d- was doing. How did he do that? He was serving. He was serving. Stay connected to a community of believers who value what you value. God's word and a personal relationship with him. God has a calling on your life. And it's so easy to get drained by the world. I'm, believe me, I know. I work with people who are worldly. And I was once there too. Okay, I'm not saying I'm better than them. But it's kind of draining, and we need people who will encourage us, who will lift us up when we're down. Amen? The Bible says that his face was like an angel. This is interesting, okay? This is how we know he's full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. Because they're saying, he's talking bad about Moses and about the temple, about God, about church. Um. The experts of the law know what happened to Moses when he came down too, with the law. His face was like an angel. Don't you think that came up on their mind? They memorized the the word of God, and so, come on, Stephen's at this point he's doing this. Maybe he's going like this. I don't know, but I know what I, one thing I do know is his face is radiating like an angel. Let me give you an example. Okay, of an illustration of how we can be full of the Holy Spirit. You guys see this cup? How do I get the air out of here? 
vacuum. D.L. Moody says, somebody, one man shouted when he was preaching, suck it out with a pump. <laughs> if you do that, this glass will shatter. Okay, so let me, let me show you here so that we can see. Okay, so if you vacuumed it out, somebody said it, but man, come on, give me a chance here. Don't blow my illustration here. <laughs> After a numerous uh, other suggestions, Moody smiled and picked up a pitcher of water, and he filled the glass, okay? This is a picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our life, all right? I'm not going to fill it over the top because I'll get in trouble if I spill it, I think. So I'm going to have to drink it, <laughs> chug it. Uh, so th- then he said, all the air is removed now. For some of you are like, oh, technically not, Andy. You get my point. He then went on to explain that the victory in the Christian life is not accomplished by sucking out a sin here and there, but being filled time, and not just this one time, time, time. I'm telling you, man, I need to be filled every single day because I get frustrated with people, and I'm like, Lord, I need your grace to love people because I'm sure I'm just as stubborn to love too, So, and you somehow still love me. I don't know how, but you do. <laughs> so how do you apply this? Allow him to work in your heart and your life. We're going to see through the life of Stephen too. Don't silence the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'll say that again. Don't silence the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. Be obedient to what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And ask every single day for the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in his power and his wisdom. Because that's what he'll do. This Paul says this great work that he began in you, God's going to bring it to completion. How do you think he's going to do that? Holy Spirit. We have to continue to live a life full of faith, and our third point is full of the Holy Spirit. And so Stephen is just sitting here like an angel, radiating light. What is he doing? Well, he's just radiating what he's been doing in private when nobody was looking. He's just been radiating the personal relationship that he was walking with Jesus when nobody was clapping their hands. Oh, way to go. good job, man. You're, you're spending time with Jesus. That doesn't happen. <laughs> but he wanted to live a life pleasing to God. So what was being done in private, when nobody was looking, was coming out for everybody to see, put on display. And vice versa, for the experts of the law, what they struggled with was coming out. They're a bunch of liars, apparently, or in other words, sinners, I mean, which we all are. We're all sinners. The only way we're changed and transformed is being full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. That's it. God's working in our heart and our life. But not only that, we cannot just walking in power and signs and wonders. That's not the only thing of being a way full of the Holy Spirit. You'll notice Stephen, he's faithful up to this point. There's, there's this idea of this fruit of faithfulness. Okay? But has anybody ever had a garden before? You have to take care of that garden, water that garden, pull the weeds. So like it takes work, right? You can't just plant the seed and be like, bro! Right? We, we tested the, our garden out for the first time. We're doing okay. But because um, I'm an Arizona boy, I'm not really good at gardens. But hopefully we'll get some fruit. But it takes work, okay? It takes work to, to produce the fruit. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit to work in an individual like me who's so stubborn, who's probably stiff-necked like this <laughs> Paul's saying, or uh, Stephen's saying to them, okay? It takes work for the Holy Spirit to come and work What's the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. We have a song that we sing about it. And, and, and uh, yep, yep, exactly. Yep, Ethan remembers it. Yep, uh, fruit of the Holy Spirit. Those are the fruits that we're seeing evident in Stephen's life. Come on, has anybody ever been accused before? Do you, re- do you respond well when you're accused? Come on, be honest. 
I don't. I kind of react. I'm like, excuse me? What did you say to me? You and me need to talk outside right now. That's how I feel, you know. I mean, come on. Let's be honest. But we need the Holy Spirit to continue to work in us, fill us up. But the only way that happens is, like I said, through that wire. We have to have that wire of faith staying connected to him. And that wire is his word, a personal relationship with Jesus, okay? And lastly, Stephen doesn't react. He responds with grace. Because I'm telling you, he's full of faith and he's full of the Holy Spirit. God's going to give you enough grace to do what he's called you to. You just have to stay connected to him. Come on. Amen. I'll say amen all by myself. That's good. (laughs) So the high priest comes and asks him, all right, now I'm about to preach the longest message that he preaches in the gospel. It's actually the longest gospel preached in the New Testament. So we're going to be here for about another two hours. You guys down? I'm just playing. I'm just playing. We're not going to do that. Easy. Calm down. Calm down. I'm going to paraphrase it the best way I possibly can, okay? (laughs) So, here we go. He preaches the gospel. He preaches about Jesus here. But he tells his people, and he comes in a respectful way to the Pharisees and and, and to this high priest, who actually is Caiaphas at this time. Interesting. Caiaphas. Well, let's go back. Wasn't that the same high priest that persecuted Jesus? It was. Do you see a trend that's happening? History is only history when we don't believe it to be his story. People go down in just history. Stephen is coming in alignment and writing his story, God's story for his life. Stephen goes down in his, his story while these Pharisees are just going, repeating history. They're just repeating history. But it's never just meant to be history. It's just, it was always meant to be his story. Man, that's good. That's apart from that. Sorry. Um, so the high priest, he, said, he hears about this and he said, is this true? Stephen says, brothers and fathers, he comes in the most respectful way, but he also comes in the firm way that he's not going to shy away from the truth. Listen to me. And he goes over it. They, they, he tells them that they're confusing their roots, okay? They don't understand their roots of where they come from. Abraham, okay, that goes all the way back to Abraham. They thought the presence of God dwelt in temples and what people's hands created. But in that same passage, and actually I believe, I think it was Isaiah who said it, heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool. This idea of God's glory coming on the temple went all the way back, but it didn't start with Abraham. So they thought it all started with Abraham, but that's not how God showed his, 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 his presence and his glory, the Shekinah glory that he showed to Abraham. That's not how it happened, okay? So, but, so they're confused about this. They're confused about this, and that's what Stephen's saying. You've confused this. But up to this point, nobody's had this kind of revelation, of God's word. That's how we know God, that Stephen is full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith. He's having this kind of revelation and he's correcting them. Okay, he's being a father. And this is important because Paul had the greatest teacher, which is important. Stephen and Paul's life are connected. He had the greatest teacher called Gamaliel. I think I said that right. Maybe I said it wrong, but uh, you get my point. He's the greatest teacher. But he wasn't radi- He didn't teach Paul how to radiate like an angel. <laughs> and he couldn't, his teaching couldn't withstand Stephen's wisdom. This is crazy, okay? Listen to this, okay? Because Paul's in on this. And we're going to find out that he actually approved of the stoning of Stephen, okay? And so the crowds are stirred up. The questioning begins about lies and the temple and God. And so Stephen continues, and he says, you even rejected the deliverers that God sent you. Look at all the way, if you know the story of Joseph, Joseph was sent. He's like, I got a dream, like Martin Luther King. And his brother's like, no, you don't, dude. 
Keep to yourself, bro. Stop telling us that. You're the youngest brother. You're kind of nobody. Don't do not do that. I know dad likes you, and he thinks you're your favorite, and you got a robe of many colors, but nobody likes you. Stop, stop doing that. Okay? But over time, well, well, they rejected the promise that God gave to Joseph, and it's a picture of Joseph is just a picture of Jesus' life. It, you you want to read the word of God? This is going to point you back to Jesus. This is going to point you back to Jesus. So they reject him, just like Jesus rejected by his own kind, <laughs> by his own creation. But then they accepted him. Oh, yeah, we're, we're hungry. We ain't got no food. We're in a famine. Several years later, Joseph is put in second command over Egypt. He's taking care of everybody. And that's what Jesus does. And then, okay, let's go on. Moses. Moses was sent as the deliverer. His people well, what happened? Moses, well, he, he finally grew up. He sees one of his Hebrew fellow people being beat. And he, he grabs something and, and beats the heck out of this Egyptian until he's dead. <laughs> so I don't know if the other guy was just going to, he was just going to keep beating him until this Hebrew guy was dead. But he's, he, Moses thought, that, well, I'm the deliverer, so I'm going to do that. And, and, then, and then the Hebrew, then he has some Hebrew brothers that are fighting. And he's like, hey, why, why are you guys fighting? And, and they're like, who, who made you ruler and judge? Come on, don't we answer like that too when someone's trying to, to, to correct us or God's trying to speak to us? Who made you ruler and judge? Only God's my judge. God's my judge. No one else can tell me what's wrong. And um, he runs off, runs off to Midian, be- becomes what Egyptians hate, a <laughs> shepherd. But God would use it. See, a shepherd, come on. Who's the great shepherd? Jesus. Do you see the, 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 man, just the parallel of their lives? And then God would... Call him again t- to save and to deliver uh, out of Egypt. He called his son. <laughs> There's so many things, okay? I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm not trying to bore you here. I'm trying to say that they rejected all of the deliverers. And they despised the temple. What happened when Moses came down with the law <laughs> and uh, from, from God's presence? What were they doing? Worshiping idols. They didn't, dis- they didn't care about the law. They didn't care about God's temple. Now, maybe they did, but not 100%, because the thing that they were accusing Stephen of was the very thing that they were doing wrong, too. They were destroying the things of God, and they were not being obedient to what God wanted them to be obedient to. Okay, and so ultimately, just like they, he rejected the deliverers, he rejected, they rejected Jesus. They disobeyed the law. They despised their temples because of idol worship. And then he says this, okay? This is where he closes, and, and, and I'm going to close with this. In verse 52, or 51, uh, uh, Chris will have it up on the screen. You stiff-necked people. Whew, that's a great way to speak to somebody. With uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed him and murdered him. You have received the law, and that was put into effect through the angels, and have not obeyed it. They were stubborn, just like us. Resisted the Holy Spirit, the leadings of the Holy Spirit. They weren't obedient to what the Holy Spirit said. Because here's what the, here's the deal. Paul has this idea, too. And he says everybody's been given a little bit of revelation of what the Holy Spirit spoke to them. But they had... It, whether they chose to be obedient to that or not, if they were obedient, well, their hearts were still sensitive to what God was saying. If they weren't, their hearts were hardened. And they were given over to other things, just like what happened to the Israelites, okay? And that's exactly what's happening here. And you'll notice, Stephen's being put in the same situation as Jesus was. Put on trial, 
argued about the same thing. This is how we know Stephen is full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Because he's walking literally like Jesus did. And having no contradictions of what Jesus said to them too. He's in complete alignment with that. And so, you can imagine, can you, what would you do if someone said, you stiff-necked people, <laughs> and corrected you? And these people are supposed to be the leaders of the, you know, the nation. I mean, they went, oh! I'm going to say some words, you don't even know what I'm just going to say. Man. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven, okay? But he's in a synagogue, okay? He's in a church, in a temple. And he looks up. Can you guys see through the ceiling? Anybody? Tell me if you can. No, okay, I didn't think so. This is the most beautiful thing ever. Stephen lived his life boldly. That's my last point. He lived his life boldly as a servant's heart, full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, lived his life boldly to be obedient, to please God. And because he did, he saw the most beautiful thing in the entire world. Jesus, King of Kings, not sitting on his throne already, standing. That's my son, Stephen. He's wearing a victorious crown. That's the name I gave him. That's the name God gave all of us to wear the victorious crown that he's given us. How do we do it? We live a life pleasing to God with a servant's heart, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, and live boldly. That means wherever you're at, you might be going through a hard trial of lies or persecution. Maybe not physically, okay? Maybe the devil's just whispering lies. I'm telling you, he was whispering lies to me, and I was feeling like it was persecution. Like I was like, oh, well, take me now, Jesus. Take me to heaven. (laughs) But he continued to preach boldly in the face of that. The Bible says Satan walks around like a roaring lion looking to devour those who are weak. And uh, Denise, if we can have the worship team and Jill to come forward. He's coming around roaring like a roaring lion to devour those who are weak, or weak meaning not full of faith, not full of the Holy Spirit. Yes, amen, if you. Stephen didn't know his life was going to be recorded, but he lived his life boldly, a pleasing life before God. And after they stoned Stephen, you know whose clothes was laying before Stephen? Saul, in other words, Paul, who would write a majority of the New Testament, who would speak to the Gentiles. You know who that is? That's you and me. If you ain't Jewish, that's you and me. Stephen wouldn't even know he would have that kind of an impact. He wouldn't even know or understand. I'm telling you, you're not going to know the understand or the impact that you'll have on someone's life. You don't even know. You might not even see it. You might not even live to see it. Your choice today is, do you want to live a life pleasing to God? If you do, these are the qualities that we have to try to apply. Servant's heart, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, and live boldly. You know, the thing I just keep com- just keeps coming up to me. If this is not for anybody, this is for me. Don't quit. You want to live boldly? Don't quit. Don't quit. Be faithful, a faithful presence in your job, in your home, as a pastor, as a parent. As a mom, a dad, a grandparent, wherever you're at, continue. Don't quit. Live boldly for Christ. And he will change and transform not only you, but someone around you who needs to be knocked off their donkey. 
Because two chapters later, this man that was riding on his high horse knocked off. Oh, I thought I was living a life pleasing to God. No, you're not. You're persecuting what I did. You're, you're, you're trying to take away what I did here for you guys. And that's because somebody sowed a seed. And God, along the way, grew that plant after it was watered time and time again. How do I know Paul was so moved by Stephen? I'm not moved by imprisonment or afflictions. I want to preach the whole counsel of God. All of these ideas, and, and even more that I can't even, I'm not even going to go on listing. All these ideas come from Stephen. Because one man said, I'll live a life pleasing to God. And that changed and transformed with also the help of the Holy Spirit. Paul, if you can stand at this time. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you've, you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. My encouragement is to you today is don't resist the Holy Spirit. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you want to recommit your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Maybe close your eyes. If you're distracted, I get it. I mean, I work with kids too. <laughs> and, I mean, I get it. Distractions are everywhere. I want to encourage you, just close your eyes and ask the Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? He's, he's going to say something to you. He's going to share something with you. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Before I pray, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And as we worship, I just want you just to listen. And then I'll come back and close in prayer, okay? Um, if I can have Christy come at this time. to uh, Christy's going to be up here to pray with uh, you guys. Um, the closing thing that we see in Stephen's life is... How do we know that he's living a life full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, servant's heart, living boldly? He says the same words that Jesus did, even in the face of his persecutors who threw stones at him. They threw stones at him until he died. He literally stood there, took beatings. I don't know if I would have had the same faith. I don't know if I would have had the same ability. I would have to trust the Holy Spirit. And we, we can see that he did because he's saying the same words that Jesus did. Father, forgive them. And then he said, my spirit I commit to you. You know, that's the thing that each of us needs is forgiveness. And that's where it starts and that's why Jesus came. That even though when we were sinners, he still died for us. So with your heads bowed, eyes closed, if you never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or you want to commit your life to Jesus, and you say, you know what, Pastor Andy, I, I'm a sinner, but I'm so glad that Jesus loves me and he died on the cross to save me from my sins. I, I want to believe in Jesus. I want to live a life full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, and a servant's heart, and live boldly. I want to do those things. I want to commit my life to Jesus today. If that's you, whether you're online here today, I want everyone just to pray along with us as an encouragement to those who are taking that first step, that first bold step to believing in Jesus. If everybody can repeat this prayer after me. And, and it's not about the prayer. It's about you meaning it with your whole heart. And if you mean that, pray this prayer. Repeat this after me. Dear God, please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for sending Jesus. That when I was stubborn, when I was stiff-necked, 
when I resisted you, you still loved me and you died for me. And I pray that you would help me to believe in you and follow you as my Lord and Savior for all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Christy and I will be up here. If there's something you want prayer for, whether it's in regards to this message or something else, we'll, we'll be up here. Or in Victory and Londa, if you can come up here too as well. If you guys want prayer for anything or any of the points even, we'll be up here just for a little while longer. Um, we'll stick around here. But if not, um, one thing I want to mention before we go too, and I want to pray for is Sharonda accepted a, a position in Texas, and, and we want to pray that God's grace and favor and presence would be with her and so um i'm gonna pray for that and then if you guys want to if any of you want prayer or anything you're welcome to do that and then um we'll 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 dismiss so god we just thank you for sharonda we thank you that you have placed a calling upon her life father god i thank you i I pray that you would give clarity i pray that your anointing that your presence would be with her i pray you would give her favor god i thank you that no matter what happens lord you are faithful you have always been faithful in their life, in their marriage, in their personal life, in their job, in every single area of, your, of their life, you've been faithful. And I thank you that you'll be faithful with them as they continue on, as Sharonda continues on, Lord. I just pray that you would just guide them and be with them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you have, like I said, if you have prayer, you want prayer, you can come forward. If not, um, my encouragement to you in challenge is go encourage someone today. Before you leave, one person, encourage somebody. Build them up with maybe what, what God's doing in your life, what he spoke to you today. But I'm telling you, church, we need each other to encourage one another. Amen? Amen. Well, be blessed and have a good day, and we'll hopefully see you next week.